Dear friend, let's discover more of who we are together. Love, Haley and Amanda. Hi, dear friends. This is Amanda. Hey, I'm Haley. I forget that, you know, people probably don't know that it's us. I've heard some people say that we sound quite a bit alike. Who's speaking right now? Guess. You're right. It's Haley. If we weren't videoing this for YouTube, that would have been so tricky. I know. Well, this week we're talking about something that we're really excited about, mainly because we know it's going to be a good conversation and topic whenever we're just debriefing for the episode about the topic and done our own research and we can't stop talking yeah. about it. And then we're like, we should probably start actually recording because <laughs> we've been talking about this for an hour. And now I'm afraid we've lost all of yeah. our gems because we I just know. spill them to each other. Nah. Nah, I think we got some good stuff. We got it. So this week we're talking about aloneness alone being alone versus and belonging to yourself yeah because the ultimate goal from this podcast is for you to belong to yourself and so we need to define that and understand what it means because like Haley was saying that the two words alone and belonging seem like they are opposite of each other when they are truly not opposite I really yeah I feel like and this is probably true for everyone that when you hear the word alone or you think about being alone it comes with some sort of like almost like a little bit of anxiety or fear um it's a little bit just like has some discomfort right and that is just very interesting because we are with ourselves all the time like we're (laughs) the we're the people that we are with yourself so the fact that we are so uncomfortable just being by ourselves with ourselves is very interesting right and so we want to first talk about you know belonging to yourself the this relationship of you and you and something that was really interesting that came up when Haley and I were talking earlier about this was that I was telling her that I feel like so so much in today's world and I'm sure always but it just seems like especially with you know technology and the the things we have access to just instantaneous gratification things at our fingertips it's like we don't check in with ourselves in that aloneness as much as we probably should. And then all these things are getting shot at us from all these different directions. And mm-hmm. I mean like from opening an app. Right. Because what, what, okay, you might be opening TikTok, but there are millions of users that have these platforms and same with Instagram and they're all shooting a message at you. So it's like you're opening this one thing and then you're getting a million things shot at you from all different directions. And if you don't have a filter for it of like who you are, what aligns with you, what you're, what, what you're really interested in, what you're working towards where you are in your life to yourself like what maybe what you're you're headed for your own goals about the things you really want it's a lot coming at you and if there's no filter you're just pulled and torn in all these Mm. different directions and that's that was something you said you hadn't quite thought about before 
No, not around this topic. I wasn't thinking about that, but it's so true. If you don't spend time with yourself doing the work of who you are when everything's quiet and still, then when all of these things are shot at you, you could be just, you know, blown around like in the wind and anything would stick. And what's that really cheesy phrase? Um, If, oh God. If you, it's like if you don't, more or less, if you don't know who you are, then you'll become any, anyone. Yeah. That's not it. But <laughs> <laughs> anyways, and, and that's so true. Yeah, it is because you, depending on like, and, and this is especially when you're your younger self and you don't really know who you are yet. You know how people say that, like you, well, when you get older, you figure out who you are. But I still think adults still don't know who they are, including I'm not saying I have this mastered. I I was telling Haley, I don't think us talking about these things means that we're like mastered these topics, but it's definitely something that we're working on and thinking about. So we wanted to share it, but I feel like you, you are in certain environments, you're around certain people and things influence you. And, And it's interesting to think about, do we change who we are when we're by ourselves, when you're with your intimate partner? Are you a different person when you're in a group? Are Are you a a different different person with your family? Yeah, and I remember my therapist saying to me um, whenever I was having anxiety for the first time, she was like, the first thing we need to look at is are you the same Amanda in this situation, this situation, this situation? She was saying like with your family, with your best friend, with your at work. She was like, if you're tweaking yourself and all these different. That's the anxiety producing, just thinking about that. Yeah, because it's almost like you're keeping up with all of these um, personas that you've created. And you it's almost like whenever you tell a lie, (laughs) if you don't like. If you don't keep up with a lie, then it's going to like overtake you because you forgot a detail of yeah. this or that. But it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of like that with these personas that we put on in a sense that we, if we're not aligning to who we are in all situations, then we're like, oh wait, how am I in this group? Okay. Got it. Well, and, and, this, and usually we don't even have to ask that. We just like go into that mode. This brings, um, kind of the opposite, you know, when we were saying that aloneness it kind of brings this discomfort around like, or a fear of being by yourself, almost like a negative, um, almost like it's associated with abandonment or something like you're alone because someone left you. But the opposite, um, which we were saying is the same, um, is that you belonging to yourself is still you being by yourself. Mm -hmm. So you are still alone. Nothing has changed. It's still a solitary being, but the difference is that there's not fear. You, instead of feeling, it can be comfort. Yeah. You be, you belong and you feel safe. You feel comfortable. You feel secure. So imagine now flipping it to belonging instead of alone and then traveling through all these situations Mm -hmm. and you take yourself with you. And that sounds so silly it's like taking to say. Your, it's like whenever I'm going someplace new, sometimes I love to bring Haley because I know she grounds me and I know that her and I together can make any situation comfortable. And so I love taking her to meet new people because it's easier together. That's very sweet. And but that's it's true. This, it should be the same with yourself. 
right. y- your best friend, like your yeah. most acquaintance. Yeah. So when you're alone and you spend time alone, you should feel your most comfortable. Which I, I wonder how true that is for people. Well, and so I have to say that, you know, I am a single person in the terms of like relationship, which I also find to be interesting. I find that we kind of put these labels on ourselves like single or married, you know, and the truth is that I am a single person because I'm not in a romantic relationship right now. But like I have the best friend a person can ask for. I have more affection and intimacy from this relationship with her as a friend comfort than a lot of people may have being married you know Mm -hmm. what I mean and I feel like we put this kind of negative connotation on ourselves which I have done to myself like I'm I'm single so wham I'm alone in the world and you are the opposite of alone in that sense I mean because you have so many friends and family that are really intimate close relationships in your life right And I think that kind of brings us to the point that we were saying. Well, but first, because you were saying how this, she she was saying how she is actually single, like in the sense that she's not married to someone. And so this is something that you felt like, especially in, in this quarantine through this pandemic where you had to be alone with yourself especially at those beginning months where we were we were even quarantined from each other right that you were really physically alone Mm -hmm. and you were you feel like this whole past year has been like you doing this work of belonging to yourself a hundred percent and and it's this it's that you can I'm an extrovert so I get recharged book extrovert textbook extrovert it you know so I get recharged by connection with others and I actually also believe to our core that us as humans are meant to be in relationship We're and relational beings yes to others but that doesn't change the fact that if you don't find a place deep inside yourself where you feel safe and comfortable and that you belong to yourself if you don't belong to anyone else then it doesn't matter if I'm connected to a whole bunch of people and a whole bunch of things right and then on the flip side of that here I am I'm a married person newlywed um what I'm in my second year of marriage like I'm I haven't even been married for two years my first year was through the global pandemic which was interesting but it's just funny that also what I have been learning this year and what is equally as important as a single person learning how to be belonging to themselves is even a married person learning to be belonging to themselves. Because let me tell you, when I have alignment with who I am and I step into my power as the person that I am, I bring my best self to my marriage. That's right. And my husband, who fell in love with this person, who is aligning with themselves, there's no issues. But when I am teetering, Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm feeling uncomfortable with myself. I'm feeling insecure about many things. That's when I see, you know, I see things like 
waver. And I'm not saying our relationship. I'm saying like things aren't as smooth. And, and I'm not saying that you belong to yourself so that you have a good marriage. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I see the benefit of that in that way that even though it's so important to belong to yourself when you're single and alone. It's so important to belong to yourself when you're married because you're still alone. Like well, yeah. it's still you with you. That's a right. relationship. Right. You and, and you. you. Yeah. 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 And I, I wonder if, you know, and we're just talking all this out. So I wonder if, if you're feeling that security and spending that time with yourself and you're working on staying aligned to who you are and filling your own self up and belonging to yourself, if then you're, when you enter into a relationship, it's because you're trying to be um, giving and, and also you're not asking from another person what you should be able to have on your, on your own. Yeah. And I, and I want us to get into that whenever we get into yeah. us in relationships. Mm-hmm. But but one thing, before we move on from this first topic is... Oh my gosh, I want to talk about so many things. I know, I, I, I'm with you. This is like such a good conversation. One thing I want to definitely say is I feel like so many people in the health self-help industry or even like poets and things like that, that we're reading that really help. There's not a lot of very direct things to help, like steps to... They're like, belong to yourself, align to yourself. And I just want to talk about that for a minute because whenever I say like all these things are coming at you and you need to be aligned with yourself to have this filter of like what you want to accept and what you don't want to accept, I mean like the ways that I believe you find that are allowing uninterrupted, non-numbing alone time with yourself, meaning like not with television, not with a book, but like you maybe in meditation where it's just you literally calming down and finding like an actual center within yourself physiologically, but then also like journaling. Also like really thinking about what you like and what you don't like and the type of person you want to be and the type of person you don't want to be. And that can be through reading books, having conversations with your most intimate partners and friendships and and even spouses. Um, Because those things, like I know with her and my friendship with her, because we've been best friends coming up on 17 years this this month, um, she can correct me. In the sense that she knows me very, very well. And, and whenever, vice versa. Yeah. yeah, and whenever I'm off, she kind of makes me check in. And without without being like, well, because it's not so businessy like that, but it's well, just. Well, no, but to a point, I mean, you can never belong to someone else as you belong to yourself. Right. But to have relationships where you do go there with someone and show, and it's almost those, it's those relationships where you feel like you are kind of alone because you're not having to perform at at all. all. You don't have to say anything. You don't even have to think ahead about what you have to be, what you have to look like, what you have to say. So those people end up knowing you the best because it's your real self. Yeah. And if you don't have anyone like that in your life, then there's no one there to kind of. But that's check also you. okay because that can be you, right? 
is what, what I'm I, saying. Yeah. You, you, no, you can't belong to anyone like you belong to yourself. But having someone like that in your life where it's as close as you can get, kind of, is nice. Is is helpful. And a blessing. Yeah, because and we, rare. We try to trick ourselves. Well, and one thing else, uh, one more thing that I want to <laughs> say. One thing else <laughs> I have no, so much I also, want to say. Yeah, it's just so much. I know. It's one more lot. thing. Um, well, now I hope I can remember what my one more thing was. Ooh, I think I lost it. It was so good. Don't you hate that? Yeah, it happens to me all so the time profound. on the podcast. Oh, that's embarrassing. No, I think I was going to say that, okay, yes, like the physical steps, I believe, of like doing this are you really choosing to take the time to be alone with yourself and, and be honest and be honest and, and things that you really want. Because I will say that, you know, there is society in general. There's a lot of things like besides an app pulling at us saying like, this is the way you should be in your thirties. This is the way you should be in your twenties. This is where you should be, what you should be doing this stage of your life. And it's kind of like, that is impossible to be true for every person because of how different we all are. And so I think you could feel a lot more comfortable with where you're at and who you are whenever you realize there is no timeline except your timeline. There is no story. There's no, no story or, or specific look. It's you. And once you align to you, then when things come at you, you're like, that's not really my thing. Yeah, and it doesn't and, and it doesn't sway you because you know who you are, you know what you like, what you what matters to you. And it, and that can be in finding a partner. Yeah. Like when you meet a man, you're going to be very clear on what you want. Um, it can be when you're finding a new friend or anything. But the point is, is that you've got to know you. You've got to align with that you. And this is what I was going to say. This is what I was going to say. <laughs> Is in our intro, it says, let's become mm. more of who we are together. And the reason why we say mm. that is because of a quote in our favorite book. Um, a simpler way. A simpler way where it says, a person will change when they know they will become more of who they are from that change. And only then. And only then will they change if it will make them more of who they are. And so we can make changes and and we can, if we think these changes will help us become more of who we really are. And if we don't know who we really are, then what are we doing? It's kind of like we're floating. We're, we're a parasailing with no boat. <laughs> You're a ship with no anchor. So that, that's, what, that's the thing I wanted to say is that the, the, the beginning quote, becoming more of who we are, it's you got to know who you are too you a little to bit spend, to start. Spend time with yourself in those quiet moments and... I mean, it's just, it's, it sounds so silly to say it, but you've got to get to know yourself. <laughs> but it's so easy not to. It's, there's so it's many distractions. And you know that that's why being alone is, is anxiety producing initially because you're like, oh my God, I never spend time with myself. I don't know who myself is. This feels like there's, you know, it's just you. You can't escape it. You can't run away from it. Her, him, yourself. You know, whereas we spend 99% of our time distracted, numbed, and that's comfortable. So being completely alone is just, I mean, you're present. It's you. Right. And I think it's, you know, we do, we do very numbing things. We watch TV shows. We do things that completely just kind of, it's like an escape. 
And I mean, I do this too. And I think that sometimes that's important, but sometimes, um, it's just, it's just you denying yourself that chance to figure out yourself even more. So the next step on this is, so there's this relationship of you and you, you, and then the world in you. And I love this part because of Haley, the, um, the quote that you found from David White. Will you read? I'm going to go let your dog, your dog is whining. She really is. So will you, you can put intro? her outside. Yes. Yeah, so I actually told Amanda recently that I was running. Um, and I, I run a lot and I listen to David White in my ears. I know that this sounds crazy how much we talk about him, but he is just so insightful and thoughtful and thought provoking that, um, it helps me and us, I think, to find out who we really are. Um, anyways, I was running, and yes, it is a hard concept that sometimes I feel alone in the negative sense, but I was running, and he started reading this poem, um, and he was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually read the, the whole poem. Um, the whole one? I think so. Or, well, maybe this part of it. Well, It starts by saying, it's called Everything is Waiting for You. And it starts by saying that your great mistake is to act the drama as if you were alone. And I'm thinking, I'm running and I'm thinking, well, I am alone. (laughs) Like, you know? And he goes on to start talking about the world all around us. And he's, um, he's talking about, you know, the, the cool breeze on your face and the color of blue in the sky, and the warmth of the sun on you. And um, it's st- I started tearing up because I all of a sudden felt like the spirit of the world yeah, awaken. I, I love the line where it says, put down the weight of your aloneness and ease into the conversation that the world is having to have with us. Yes, and I, I mean... And I'm not even I'm not trying to be cheesy when I say that, like nature and the world and the wind and the flowers. And I mean, it's a way of having a conversation with the world. You know, you we don't have to proceed through this life feeling so secluded, even if you are a solitary being, you know. And, And something I was telling Haley about this particular concept was that I feel like. We, we've had these conversations about like why is nature so physiologically like powerful like you can stare at a mm-hmm. waterfall for hours and be mesmerized and blown away and like and leave par- feeling so like filled up and empowered and that it's connecting to a very real deep part of yourself that you're seeing almost yourself in this well and what I was telling her is I feel like I've been thinking about this more recently that I feel like the history like the billions of years that the earth has been here and transforming and moving and creating and evolving and changing and then it's like you catching it in this present moment it can only be seen, felt, experienced in that one way that all these billions of years have created for you in that moment. And then it will continue to move and change and grow until you experience again and the next person, the next person. And Does that it makes it You feel can go to the same waterfall park. You can go to Drake Park on the river uh, in Bend, Oregon at the Deschutes River Trail. And it will be a different, every time it's a different experience and a different, a different moment. moment. And it's still so powerful. And I th- I was telling her, I think of it as like, 
not just the nature too, but like people who have lived before us. Like it's like Mm. this great cloud of witnesses Mm. that are all still somehow in a present moment and that you are, there are some, there, there's like a force working with you and that's what he's saying like wake up to the conversation yeah and there's all this stuff around you to interact with even just in this level of being aware and alert to it yeah and that's the line we were actually gonna read it says alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity and we want to be in these comforting familiar places and moments all the time but we don't we're not aware we're not taking time to let them alert us to be aware of them so alertness is the hidden discipline of familiarity and I think of like Mary Oliver yes who is a poet who's like want all her whole life she wanted to just be present and aware to the little nature around her all her poems are about the most tiny little seemingly insignificant moments in nature that have these deep life lessons and it's like her alertness like that's what I think of when I hear that is her alertness was this discipline of familiarity it calls to other things it made her not feel alone in the world I'm sure yeah you know and she's someone that talks about she would take her journal and walk through the wilderness by herself she'd skip school she loved to be by herself why because she had this discipline of alertness where she could find joy and connection in the world. And the, it was not alone. Yes. Because it was this relationship of the world and you. Yes. Oof. Yeah. And I love what you said about the cloud of witnesses because there's also, think about the people that have come before us that, you know, we talk about our grandfathers a lot. And, um, you know, Amanda. <laughs> I was about to share my dream I had about your grandfather, but I didn't know if it's appropriate. Well, I, I you don't have to go into all the detail, but it's yeah. really sweet. Um, it was it was more or less just that he was there and that they had a connection and that he was well, kind of he, trying he, to. He's passed away, and in the dream, yes. you and I are sitting on the couch, but his spirit, he's like sitting there as a spirit person behind me, leaning up against me while we're recording the podcast. Yeah, and it was like. Um, I just had this overwhelming sense that you were keeping him alive in a way through his spirit by embodying all of these things that meant so much to him and you, which meant you can be by yourself and by honoring those parts of him and um, of yourself, it's like you're not alone. I mean, and it's also we have people in our lives that have gone before us, whether they're family, whether they're um, our kind of heroes that stood for things that were really important to us. And they're also kind of cheering us on. Bolstering. They're like, they're they're our little cheerleaders. Totally. And I I feel that. I I know that was her dream, but I do feel that from from my grandfather, even though he's passed on. so the, the next one, the third thing is relationships with people and you. So we've had the you and you, the world and you, and the relationships with people and you. Now, I wanted to talk about this. You were kind of getting into I it know, earlier. I know. Because, but it's, 
It's because it's all jumbled up. Yeah, and and one of the things one of the things that we said about the you and you, you know, understanding who you are, aligning to yourself, and then you'll be able to say yes or no to the things that come out to you. But imagine, I can't even. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if I don't know. you were so aligned with yourself that you went into a crowd of people and you knew they weren't your people and so you didn't bend and turn and do gymnastics for them to like you because it didn't matter that they liked you or not because they weren't ever going to be your people. And you actually... Can you imagine? I mean, I'm imagining I it. can't even imagine. <laughs> And that actually you knew so deep inside of yourself that you would almost be betraying that self Mm. if you um, would do it. Switched a little bit of yourself to fit into that group and moment. Yourself would be down there being like, why'd you do that to me, Mame? You just betrayed me. Mm -hmm. That wasn't us. Those weren't our people. And and I think that happens, and that's okay. But at least you could, if you had that check in with yourself, to be like, that wasn't me. Yeah, and to listen to it and and be like, like, okay, I'm not going to learn next time. And you know what? Um, This makes me like excited and happy to think about this stuff because it's it's a good thing to belong to yourself. It turns out you've got someone on your side because it's yourself. And it's like filtering through these relationships, like finding a partner, but finding friends, unhealthy relationships in your family. It's like when you know who you are, what you want, what you need, where you're at, it's so much easier to say no. It's so much easier to meet someone and kind, and I'm not saying like you're judging them or whatever, but like there's a filter there. Right. So, you know, when to go into it and when to maybe step back from it a little bit. Totally. And it it reminds me of it's the last line of this poem by David White called Sweet Darkness, um, which sweet darkness seem opposite. They're not. <laughs> and it says sometimes it takes the darkness and the sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. I'll throw up in here. Sometimes it takes the sweet confinement of your aloneness. We've got to give ourselves that. To say this person or this thing does not make me feel alive, so it is too small for me. And whenever Haley made me read that part of the poem I was like that is an aggressive filter you if you don't make me feel alive you're out but But that's honoring yourself to the and and you know it just it makes me feel like what we say like this is an address rehearsal this is your one life this is all you've got and it's kind of like so honor that yeah if you're not going to do things that make you feel alive what are you doing yeah but we do it all the time the dumb cheesy uh phrase just came to me if you don't stand for something you fall for everything (laughs) that's it and that's cheesy but it's so true it's like if you don't know who you are you're just looking for connection and numbness and pleasure then well anyone will do oh my god you know and I know we've talked about this but it's just like another realization (laughs) I I mean for me to be that aggressive to be like this does not make me feel alive you gone yeah 
she gone. And, and it's that, just hilarious. That's, it's it's that, just like, but that we think we don't do that. We think we don't deserve that, that because we're being nice. Be t- a lot. Kind of. A lot of the times we're being nice. But you know what? I think it's being nice. But for me, if I'm being honest, sometimes it's like I so badly don't want to be all by myself that I will go hang out with some rando. Because well, you okay, want I, that. I, I, I you, think. And, and it's, I okay, sh- it's okay to meet strangers. <laughs> I know. But like. But, but you're say, saying like settle into something even though you know it's not. No, I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> no, a conversation. But, oh, sure. Yeah. Or like, you know, if I know. This sounds so bad. I can't <laughs> wait to hear it and judge you. It's just like, you know, if you know someone who's like not really your people, hmm. but like they're available and you think, well, I can still go have a good time, you know, or yeah. something like that. But, you know, it's probably like from past experience, not going to be your best conversation, not going to be like the most um, enriching, engaging situation. But I would choose that over being alone sometimes, you know. I'm only going to do stuff that makes me feel alive. <laughs> well, we should. And we and that, the, the truth is that when you believe that about yourself, that you are worth only the things and people that make you feel alive. And you know what makes you feel alive because you got you and you down. Yeah. Then you're going to be living. Yeah, you're going to have to be honest with yourself. That's really powerful to me. But it takes time. And it takes the sweet confinement of your aloneness sometimes, or you'll never find it. I know. I know. I love it, too. But, but okay, there, there's one more aspect of this point that we talked about. I don't about. even think we got all the way into the nitty-gritty of the relationships, Well, I'm, either. I, I know. I want to... There's one more thing about this point, I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> Before we move on to the very was, last point. I was so down deep in it. Um, so, there is this, like, short essay... Um, the short essay that um, Hoyas Voladoras. It's called Hoyas Voladoras, but it's by Brian Doyle, and it, it's it's like a short. I wouldn't call it a short story. I, it's a short essay, and um, as an English teacher, I make my kids read this every year because it's really powerful. And the moment I read it, I I, I, I I'm probably gonna cry when I read it. I hope you do. I hope you do. It brings emotion to the podcast. Well, you know, in a silly way, when you let yourself cry and you let yourself laugh, that's like the deepest parts of you that you're that are your truest self, honestly. Yeah. And trying to come out. And this this let me give you oh, first of all, everyone should go read this. Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> okay. And we're gonna put it in the show notes and a link to it. But the whole beginning part of it is talking about all these different mammals different types of animals and their heart size and shape and weight and how much blood they pump and how many beats per second and how many beats per minute and how many beats through a lifetime and you're kind of like you know he's he's writing it very beautifully but you're kind of like okay where is this going and then you get to the last paragraph and you're like okay um I'm (laughs) on the floor in the fetal position um so at the very end here, that this is the part I'm referencing. So he's talking about all these hearts. And, and I'm going to read the first part when we get to the next point. But there's a part here about the relationships that I think is really important. Okay. So he says, um, When young, we think 
There will come one person who will savor and sustain us always. When we are older, we know this is the dream of a child, that all hearts finally are bruised and scarred, scored and torn, repaired by time and will, patched by force of character, yet fragile and rickety forevermore. No matter how ferocious the defense and how many bricks you bring to the wall, you can brick up your heart as stout and tight and hard and cold and impregnable as you possibly can, and down it comes in an instant, fled by a woman's second glance, a child's apple breath, the shatter of glass in the road, the words, I have something to tell you, Mm. a cat with a broken spine dragging itself into the forest to die, the brush of your mother's papery ancient hand in the thicket of your hair, the memory of your father's voice early in the morning echoing from the kitchen where he is making pancakes for his children. (laughs) You did it. And what's so beautiful about that to me is that he's, to me, what he's saying is that even if you think you actually want to be alone, not just being that alone with yourself, but like not in relationship with others, you cannot because you were not created to be alone and disconnected from other people. And so even if you think you've built the biggest, thickest brick Brick wall wall. around your heart, there are still things that touch you and move you and pull those bricks down in an instant at the sound of something, at the look of something, at the touch of someone. Memory. And that is evidence that you are not meant to live life alone. And so I think whenever we're talking about the relationship of you and you, I think that that means when you have that down, you are giving your best self to the people that you're with and you're finding the best people for yourself. Yes. Right? So that you can have that com- connection with people and and, and, and so community. That, that connection will be the most authentic that it can possibly be. And the most penetrating and yes. meaningful and, mo- you know, I don't like frivolous relationships and frivolous conversations and, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I, if, if, if I'm doing it too long, I'm so empty. It's like so draining. And so I try to keep people in my life who feed that, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to talk about meaningful things. And, and, and I think that the people that are my closest friends, they reflect that mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't mean we don't like to have fun and, and be lighthearted sometimes, but, it, but that's what I'm really looking for. And I think that's because I know that's important that's to me. That's what brings you alive. Right. So I love that, that essay, uh, that last very beautiful part, because it's even if you think you're so freaking tough <laughs> and you can be alone and you don't need anyone, too many people have hurt you you can, you need it. You can be broken. The walls can be broken down by something so small as a cat with a broken spine dragging itself into the forest to die. Little things can move us. And they should because we need to be proceeding into the world um, alert and, and able to be open and moved. And I think that that is the, the pot, the podcast. The paradox that we're talking about is that alone seems like it is this secluded um, brick wall built 
thing, but it isn't. It's it's belonging. It's it's you know first to yourself. It's knowing who you are, but so that you can see the world and be more open to it and engage with it on an authentic level. It's it's aloneness for the purpose of connection with yourself, the world, and others. And this takes us to our very we're gonna sandwich this. So we started out with the relationship of you and you, you and the world, and then you and relationships with people. But now we're going to go back to the you and you. Okay. Now, the, re- the other reason why it's so important to be belonging to yourself is because something that we probably don't acknowledge enough is that no matter how close you are with another person, no matter how intimate that relationship is, it can be friendship, it can be partnership, whatever. At the end of the day, it is just you with you. And and I know that that can seem like a scary thought, but I don't want it to scare you. I want, I want you to just notice this, that there are things that we go through and moments in our lives where no one else can fix it right? No one else, whether for me, the first time I really noticed this was when I had my very first panic attack, like an, like an actual clinical panic attack. And this was like four years ago. And, um, here's my best friend who at the time was my roommate and I could tell her anything, could, could do anything with her, was being very communicative with her about what was going on. But there's like this thin glass wall right where she can't get in here right like she can't get past a certain point I can't I couldn't and that that's Fix a, the problem right and and that's a thing that when you see your loved ones go through hard times you know you pray that they and this could be with somebody who goes through like a loss of a family member right. or things that were there's things in life where it's you and you And only you and you. And at the very last moment of life, it's just you and you. Mm -hmm. Right? And so that's why it's so important. The final reason it's so important to have this relationship and belong to yourself is because no matter the relationships you have with others in the world that are important, this one is actually the one you live and die with. That's right. And so in in that essay, that short essay that I read, Um, I want to read the first part of that in paragraph that says so much held in a heart in a lifetime, so much held in a heart in a day, an hour, a moment. We are utterly open with no one in the end, not mother and father, not wife or husband, not lover, not child, not friend. We open windows to each, but we live alone in the house of the heart and perhaps we must. Perhaps we cannot bear to be so naked for fear of constant of a constantly harrowed heart. So there there to me what that means is that no matter all these other things that you have good going for you, right? Are you good? Are you and you good? Because you got to make sure you know yourself, you can be there for yourself when things are bad. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a there is a little glass parishion between b- 
between you and the people even the closest to you. So the importance of that you and you relationship is monumental. It, it, it's going to help you in your relationships, but it's also just going to help you in your life and to be living the best life that you can. And like I said, whenever I was having that panic, she was saying, who are you in all these different situations? Are you the same Amanda at work, at your family, at home? And I wasn't, I, you know, I was being a lot of different personas and because I was, I'm a pastor's kid. You know, you put it on, you know mm-hmm. how to put it on and you know how to make people feel comfortable, even though your family's going through something hard. Like, I think that was just kind of ingrained in me. And, and I kind of think of it as mm-hmm. like a good quality in some ways, but it can also be really damaging. And so that relationship with yourself is so important. This, this conversation, it could go on forever. I mean, uh, and I don't want to leave it like that. It's a sad thing. Cause it's not no, sad. no. And I'm thinking of, I don't have it here, I wish I did, but there's a whole book of David White called The House of Belonging. And it even just that phrase, actually, to me, the house of belonging, mm-hmm. if you think about it as, as yourself, as your body, as your house, and you are making a place for yourself to live. and mm. And that is actually very sweet to me so sweet you you should treat yourself as you would treat your most beloved friend partner other and if you do then you will feel like you're living in a house of belonging and to yourself yeah and I think that that's how we deserve to proceed into the world and how we should not just for others but because we deserve it, and I think at the end of our lives, which is hard to think about, um, if we have done that for ourselves, if we have spent our lifetime making our bodies and our spirits a place that is a house of belonging, I think that it will be a much more beautiful moment than the one that we all fear. More peaceful. Yeah. I agree. And um, I You know, Haley and I are not experts on anything. This is us like reading crap that speaks to us and then we talk about it to y'all. And, you know, to me, this conversation is really exciting. And it's it's like the, the call of action to me is like, Amanda, make sure you're aligned and then start saying no to things that don't make you feel alive and start saying yes to the things that do yes. because you deserve to feel that way and this isn't a dress rehearsal oh boy you're going to get your shit together <laughs> so guys we hope you liked this conversation this is one that we've been wanting to have and we hope it's meaningful it's done something for you if you liked it make sure you leave us a review on our podcast it really helps us out and we just like knowing that this podcast is doing some good out there so like our intro it says let's become more of who we are together let's figure out who we are and then start making changes that make us feel more aligned to that person and that makes me feel good it does and it makes me feel good that our podcast is named Dear Friend because Dear Friends do that together. Yeah. And we have conversations about that together. About this and about um, helping helping our friends know that they aren't completely alone, but also encouraging them to belong to themselves. So go out there this week, align with yourself, be you, you, the world you. 
relationships in you, and feel alive. You got you. And if you don't get you, <laughs> you better get you. <laughs> Y'all have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, friends.